good to praise the Lord. Just kind of, kind of got a little bit of the breakthrough there finally at the end. Thank you, Tommy, for being obedient to the Lord there. Well, we serve a great God. Amen. Amen. We're gonna we're gonna look at. Some of his greatness today and the gifts of the Spirit again. 1 Corinthians 12. Let's start there. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to open the Word of God as we read these scriptures this morning. Or we've read it for several weeks now, some of these scriptures. Help us to catch something new this morning, just as, even as we're reading. Not something I say, just something you say, Lord. Something that just pops out into our spirits. Give us ears to hear you this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. First Corinthians 12, we're going to read it again, but I'm believing the Lord will just continue to speak to us as we read it. First Corinthians 12. 12.1, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that we, excuse me, you were pagans. Somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, or to everyone, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message or the word of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing. Remember, it's plural from last week, that by that one spirit, to another, miraculous powers, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between spirits, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. And so today, we're on week six, which is gift number five, uh, that we'll call the gift of miracles. In different translations, it's going to call it different things, but literally the word is just miracles there. Uh, The effecting of miracles, the working of miracles, uh, miraculous powers in the NIV, uh, NASB is the, I think I said, the effecting of miracles. So it's the gift of miracles. You know, and right away... That one sounds kind of wild, huh? Sounds wild to me. I don't know. It sounds, you know, if someone said, I'm going to give you miraculous powers. I mean, think about that. Think about somebody saying, I'm giving you miraculous powers. I mean, that kind of sounds like superhero stuff or something, right? I mean, if you're younger, you might default to that. If you're older, you're like, I'm not into that stuff. Uh, So I'm not into it. But... Because I'm old. So, are you alive there? I'm trying to get a little response there. 
miraculous powers. I mean, this, this is, I'll, I'll admit to you, this one is one I look at and go, Lord, how often have I seen this? Or how often have I recognized it? As we mentioned this morning in our leadership group, maybe we're just not seeing stuff that's, that is there. And so the gift of miracles. Oh, do you have anybody need notes? We got notes. Uh, Cooper, you want to pass those out, buddy? If you need notes, raise your hand and Cooper will get you a, a set of notes. Anybody else? It does have some of the scriptures on there. It could be helpful to you. The gift of miracles. Excuse me. Our definition that we have is the supernatural ability given by the Holy Spirit to instantaneously do things that are naturally impossible. It brings a breakthrough in the Spirit that furthers the kingdom of God and draws people closer to God. So here's some further explanation. This is kind of where I believe this, this, this uh, ties into. Number one, creative miracles. In other words, body parts growing that weren't there before. We've had that happen in our congregation. Miss Josie is in the, in the nursery, had a new kidney grow in her body. The old kidney was not healed. She got a brand new one. <laughs> so that's, that is a, the way I like to say it is this. Every healing is a miracle, but not every miracle is a healing. Every healing is a miracle. Okay, we talked about healing last week. Um, so all those, all those are miracles, but not every miracle is a healing. How about raising the dead? That's a miracle. That's not just healing, right? <laughs> That's something different. <laughs> Bringing the dead back to life? I've never done that myself, um, so I can't give you any, any advice on how that happens. But I have heard some others who've experienced that even in our day. My favorite story is one where a doctor, uh, you know, was told by the Lord... I think Greg sent me this story. He, he had this testimony. A uh, person came in, ER doctor, and the person had been declared, you know, no response, no breathing for about 45 minutes. And the doctor was about to leave, and he felt like God said, go back in and pray for that guy. That'll, that'll get your attention when God asks you to do something like that, right? I mean, you know, maybe, and for, especially for a doctor, it's probably, it's probably an even bigger step of faith. Like, he sees this all the time. He knows what the signs are. He knows what's going on. So anyway, he kind of argued with God for a while. And this was verified. There was a little, uh, there, was, there, was, there was proof of this. Um, the guy argued, and then he came back in, and they're, you know, kind of, Dealing with the body, the body was still there and getting it ready to get moved on to the morgue. And uh, he did this. He said, shock him one more time. And so the, the nurses and people helping, they're like, hey, doc, uh, doctor, <laughs> he's dead. We, we tried that. Several, they had tried to resuscitate him several times. They they shocked him several times. They'd done all the different things they do to try to get someone's heart beating again. But his heart had not been beating for, uh, I think it was like at least 30 minutes. And so as he went back and he says, let's shock him one more time. And so, 
you know, because the doctor, he was in charge of the ER at that point. He was the one that had seniority. They just kind of got the, got the paddles ready, got them all greased up. And they stuck him on the guy who'd been dead for 30 to 40 minutes. Shocked him one more time. His heart began to beat. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. That ain't just a healing. That's more than a healing. That's a miracle. Another area is the miraculous provision or multiplication of resources. Could be food, could be money. I know that, uh, you know, we know the stories in the Bible about, you know, the feeding of the 5,000, but there was also a feeding in the Old Testament, was the feeding of the 100. Doesn't sound as amazing as 5,000, but with a little bit of food to feed 100 people, it was a, it was a multiplication miracle. Uh, supernatural protection from death or harm. You know, there's times where there'd be a miraculous protection on our lives and lives around us. I believe that's a part of the gift of miracles. Casting out demons might tie into this. That one, I'm going to just throw that. That might tie into this faith and casting out demons with the authority of God. Uh, that's a miracle when someone is, is delivered. can fall into that. So... What I want us to do is look at the scriptures here, miracles in the Bible, and at the bottom you've got tons of examples. It's, a, it's interesting when you go through these, some of these have more examples than others. I find it fascinating that miracles that aren't healings are all over the Bible. They're all over the Bible. I mean, healing's all over the Bible too. I understand that. It's all over the New Testament. But if you look at the Bible, I mean, you look at Elijah, you look at Elisha, you look at Jesus, uh, you know, look at Jesus walking on water, feeding the 5,000, calming the storm, raising Lazarus from the dead. Elijah, you know, did all the same things. He ran faster than a chariot. That's a supernatural ability. Nobody can outrun a horse, okay? I don't care how fast you are, Usain Bolt or whoever, whoever is the fastest man in the world right now is not going to outrun a horse, not going to happen. It's, just, it's not even close. But it says that Elijah, when, the, when he called rain down from heaven, that might fall into that category too, that it says he tucked his cloak around him and he ran ahead of Ahab who had left earlier in a chariot with a horse-drawn chariot. And he beat him back to, back to the city. You know, why did God do that? I don't know. In some ways, <laughs> he needed Elijah back there quick. So he said, I need you back quick, so you're going to run faster. Peter, raising, raising someone from the dead. Paul, surviving the poisonous snake bite. That's a miracle there. That was a miraculous protection, you know, supernatural protection from harm. I mean, that doesn't even go into think of Moses. Yeah, I didn't use Moses because we kind of put Moses up kind of close to Jesus, Right. You know, all the stuff that Moses did is like, oh, well, I, I could never be involved in anything like that. You know, but I mean, think about all the miracles that Moses had happen. I mean, the parting of the Red Sea, even all the plagues, all the different things coming, striking the rock, commanding the rock. One time he did it wrong, I understand. One time he did do it right. You know, speaking to a rock and having water come out of the rock, that's a miracle. So it's all over the Bible. What that tells me is either... I'm missing it, or God might want to do a few more miracles in our lives. Acts 6 and verse 8. I want us to read this scripture. I think I have that one. It says, Now Stephen, 
a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Now go to Acts 8. That was Stephen. This is Philip. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs, or some, script, some translations say miraculous signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks and pure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. Now why do I read those two scriptures? Thank you for asking me. I appreciate you asking that question. I read that because those guys weren't apostles. Okay? Because there is an argument in the Christian world that says only the apostles were able to do those things. And once the apostles died off, we don't need all that supernatural stuff anymore because it was just for them to get the church going. God just needed a jump start. And the rest of us, you get less than what the apostles had. I know it doesn't make logical sense, but lots of people believe that. Lots of people believe that. They don't believe miracles are for today. And so I, read, I show those two examples and say, hey, look, those weren't apostles. Those, those were guys. Those were guys that were appointed to serve food. That was their job in the church. Hey, can you hand out this food right? Hey, we're going to hand out food after this service today, right? We might expect some miracles. Who knows? Maybe God will let us see some miracles as we're handing out food. I mean, that's all Philip and Stephen were. They were assigned to help pass out food. Make sure it went to the widows. Make sure it went to the people that needed the food. So they're normal people. But it says, with great power and miraculous signs that Stephen done, does wonders from God. So there was the gift of miracles was at work in Stephen and Philip. And so it's not just for the apostles. That means that might be for me too. It could be for us today. Hebrews 2, verses 1 through 4. I want us to read this one. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. I'm reading the whole context here. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it, how? By signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. A lot of people don't know that verse is in Hebrews. <laughs> Some of you are like, I didn't know that verse was in Hebrews. Right? The gifts of the Spirit are mentioned in Hebrews and it mentioned along with the, with the miracles and all the, the signs and wonders. What is the purpose? To show that the message is true. Why do we need miracles today? To show that God is who He says He is and that what He says is true. That's the purpose of miracles is to confirm. To say, hey, this is the real deal. And so we, we need miracles. Galatians 3 and verse 5. This is a great one too. He says, so again, I ask you, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by you believing what you've heard? In other words, does this happen because of you or by faith? It happens by faith. So that's another scripture that's great to show that later on down the road at the church in Galatia, they were seeing miracles. 
They received the miraculous. You know, it wasn't just at the start of the church. It wasn't just in the book of Acts. They were seeing the miracles as the message was spread that there was miraculous powers being released. So here's several thoughts. I'm going to give you, these are just my thoughts. Um, I didn't give you enough space to take notes. You might want to write them on the back. And some of these are just reminders about all the gifts. Number one, gifts are not earned. Gifts are not earned. So what that means is I don't have to try harder for certain gifts. You know, I'll be honest with you. I think when, when I first hear this word, maybe the same as you, when you hear miraculous powers, affecting a miracle, what's your first thought? Man, I probably need to pray more. I need, a, I need to get all this stuff in order for this to happen in my life. You know, I need, to, I need to see God more. And those things are all good. Those things can help activate the gifts and make us hear God better and all that. But here's the deal. It's a gift. The gift of miracles is a gift just like the rest of the gifts. You don't have to be anybody special or do anything special to have this working in your life. Because it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. And so you don't have to try harder for this one. It's not like, oh man, I need to get, get going with the, the gift of miracles, so I'm going to really pray a lot more this week. Now, praying a lot more is good, but it's not going to ha- help you necessarily earn that gift. You're not suddenly going to become a better candidate for the gift of miracles in your life because it's a gift. It's not earned. It's not by works. It's not by anything. It's by the grace of God. Number two, almost every example, there's a specific need for a miracle. You look at the example of Elisha with the widow's oil, you know, where he said, hey, I need you to go pour oil in the containers and I'm going to provide for you. That's what happened was she was miraculously provided for by selling the oil that miraculously showed up in her jars. And so it says she gathered as many jars as she can, could, because that's what Elisha told her to do. And she obeyed the word of the Lord through Elisha and she had all these jars. And he says, start pouring the oil. So she starts pouring the oil. And there's, you know, there's only a little container of oil to start with. But she pours from that little container. She fills large container after container after container after jar after, after jar after jar until it says they were all full. And then Elijah says, hey, go sell that and you'll have enough money to live on for the rest of your life, basically. So that's a, that's a miraculous Provision, but there was a specific need. You know, there was a need for Jesus to walk on water. He didn't get on the boat. (laughs) He didn't get on the boat, right? He had to get to the other side of the lake with the disciples. And so, what was the need? Was Jesus just showing off by walking on water? Probably not, right? No, he wasn't just showing off. He He was doing the will of the Father. God says, you need to get to the other side. It says, in one of, the, uh, one of the accounts, it says he was planning to walk by the disciples. He wasn't planning to get in the boat, but they saw him and started screaming like little girls. Well, maybe uh, little children. <laughs> that was not PC. Little girls can scream better than little boys, right? I don't know yet. <laughs> okay, Screaming. Just screaming, like grown men. Have you ever heard a grown man scream? (laughs) 
I bet you we could really get it going if we're really scared. I'll scream if I'm scared enough, okay? So, I mean, it says they were terrified. And the only reason Jesus turned by to not walk on by them to the other side was because they started freaking out. So then he's like, hey, guys, it's me. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it's I. Don't be afraid. And obviously, they could recognize his voice or whatever because they're like, and then Peter, what happens with Peter? Peter does one of the most amazing miracles is he walks on water too. Peter says, God, if that's you, Lord, if that's you, then tell me to get out of the boat. And Jesus says, all Jesus says is, come. It says Peter steps out of the boat and starts walking on water until he looked away from Jesus. I think another key for us with miracles is we need to have our eyes on Jesus. When we take our eyes off Jesus and it's about what else is going on, either we're going to get distracted and sink or we're going to get off track and think that the gift is about us. Because, man, when someone has one of these miraculous powers go through them, look, God doesn't do that to, to make a big show. Just like he didn't do it for walking on water. There's a specific need. There's a specific reason. And God is confirming that he is who he says he is. So he's confirming his word. What does it say at the end of Mark? You know, it says these signs will follow those who believe. They will, you know, speak with other tongues. They will pick up snakes and they will not be harmed. They will be able to drink poison. Why? Was that to show off? That's why you get all the snake handling churches. They're, they're misinterpreting because it's not a miracle is never meant to show off. A miracle is meant to meet a specific need and to confirm that God's is who he says he is. That the good news that Jesus really did come and die for all of us. Let me confirm it to you. Here's something supernatural. We need this in our generation today. Young people are not going to be convinced with an argument. Anybody under, I'm going to say young people are under 40. Okay? <laughs> Just an arbitrary number that I'm under. Okay? People that are under the age of probably 35 or 40 are not going to be argued into the kingdom of God. They need to see a demonstration of the power of God. They need to experience the love of God. They need to see the power of God. They need both. They need the love of God to experience that they haven't experienced true love and family. And they need to see that, hey, God is real. God is who he says he is, that he's not messing around. And so they need to see a demonstration of the power of God. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are for. You look at the Hebrews there, it says, hey, this is how God confirms his message. This is how he says, yes, this is how you can know this is from God. Jesus said it like this. If I don't do the works of my Father, don't believe me. What if we were able to say that? I'm not even ready to say that yet. But if I went up to someone and said, hey, if I don't do the works of Jesus, don't believe me. I need the gift working because I don't got nothing on my own, right? I can't earn that. I can't make that work that up. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life working. Number three or four, I gave an extra point. There are no degrees of difficulty for God. I stole that from Mark Batterson. There are no degrees of difficulty for God. So there's no like, well, that's a really hard miracle and that's a really easy miracle. You know, there's, there's no degrees of difficulty for God. 
for us, we look at it and go, that's really, that's, that's a whole lot harder, isn't it, Lord? Don't we do that? What are we doing is we're limiting God. We're, I'm placing a limit on who, what he can do. Oh, that's really tough. Oh, we need, we need this to be multiplied. I've heard several stories about people seeing multiplication of stuff. And again, you know, they didn't always know what was happening until they got in the midst of it. I've heard two stories from this very church of people who've experienced that. Where they just, stuff just kept coming. Whatever they needed, it was, it was there. And there was no other explanation other than it was a miracle. Walking with Jesus, we find the opportunities for miracles. I've really enjoyed the study that we've been doing on the grave robber on Wednesday nights. If you haven't joined us, we're finishing up this week. It's a, a study by uh, Mark Batterson, pastor in National Community Church in Washington, D.C. And he says it like this. If you follow Jesus long enough and hard enough, you're going to find yourself in the midst of miracles. So again, it's not about seeking miracles. Because we, we don't want to seek miracles. We want to seek Jesus. But if you follow Jesus, you're going to see miracles. Because there's times where Jesus is doing miracles. And sometimes where he's going to be doing him through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the last one, I don't know, how many do you have? Five, six, seven? Some of you are like, how many things did you say? I only have five on my paper, but I think I've said eight. Uh, I will repeat what I said last week. You are not excluded. Because I think we exclude ourselves from certain gifts of the Spirit. We say, I could never do that. You're right. (laughs) You can't do it. And in fact, if you think you can do one of the other ones, you're kind of off track already. (laughs) Because they're gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of of the Holy Spirit at work in us. You know, so I need to say, can we all say this? I am not excluded from the gift of miracles. I am not excluded from the gift of miracles. That God wants to do some miracles through me, amen? Okay, leaders, does anybody have a story? I told my leaders beforehand, and now that we've gone over some of this stuff, does anybody have a story? If we don't, that's fine. I don't have a whole lot of concrete stories on the gift of miracles because it's sometimes kind of one of those ones that's hard to define, I think. And we automatically go to healing first, I think. We are, oh, yeah, let's talk about that miracle. Yes, that's a miracle. But why did God split up healing, gifts of healing and miracles if you know, there's something different to it? So any leader, wave your hand real quick. Practical, that's fine. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to walk on water every time, right? Hold on, sorry. Did I turn it on? Is it? Oh. Oh. So the abbreviated version is in the 110 degree Midland weather, driving home on the loop, catching the service road of 1788. There was a young woman walking, and I had ice cream and meat and stuff in the back, and I live in the country, and I was like, oh, God said, turn around. So I went by and 
I think I gave her a dollar or two and went on down the road. And he said, turn around. I'm like, okay, fine. Picked her up and just took her down the road just a little ways to wait for someone that was going to pick her up. And we, we visited. We ended up visiting for, gosh, I don't know, probably an hour or so, 45 minutes more than that at least. She was um, going to commit suicide. And we prayed and she accepted Jesus. And... By the time I got home, it had been several hours. My ice cream was frozen. My meat was cold. I think my milk was colder than it was when it left the store. It was really neat. That'll, that'll work, huh? That's a miracle. What? And I like that because that fits into everything I'm saying. There's a, there is a specific need for that miracle. There was a life that needed to be spared. And so God threw in an extra blessing and said, Kim, I'm not letting your ice cream melt. You know, he doesn't have to do that, right? I mean, it wouldn't have been a big, you wouldn't have cared if the ice cream melted. It would been no big deal. If my milk spoiled, you know, if you get to see somebody touched by, by the Lord like that, you don't care. I'll go back to the store. But why did he do that? Hey, that, that's cool. Anybody else? Anybody else got a story? You got one, Rowan? Oh, I'll get to your next, Shane, after... Well, I know we're not on this one, but the Lord healed me overnight of a skin disease. So I woke up the night before when I was eight years old. was covered from head to toe, missing a lot of my skin. And um, woke up the next morning, and I had brand-new skin and scars all over. But So that's one miracle I've seen in my life. And then my mom um, was a medical – she's a doctor, and so she would go to medical mission trips to Mexico – and she brought her nurse with her one year, and they would go do medical work in those cardboard box communities where they literally live in the trash dump areas. And they kept, they'd have drug reps um, donate, you know, expired vitamins and, and antibiotics and stuff, and they really inventoried it to keep track of what they had. And her nurse was in charge of inventorying um, everything that they handed out, and they gave out like it was over a hundred more doses of vitamin C one day and just kept handing out and it was like it was just they'd go back and it's like it should have been gone a long time ago and there'd be more and more to give and her nurse ended up accepting the Lord through that. So Amen. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. New skin, that counts. That's that's that was a miracle. Um, excuse my voice. We were, yeah. Um, you know, we had a financial need, and uh, like John said, you know, it fulfills a need. But I was really praying one day. You know, we were kind of in financial woes, and we didn't know what we were going to do. But we were about $700 short of meeting all of our expected bills and everything. And uh, I'd just been praying about it, and I was in Andrews and pulled over to a gas station, went into the gas station. And I walked back to get some of the drink with the last couple of dollars I had and was walking around and uh, looked on the ground and looked like a check laying on the ground. Well, I picked it up, and it was a money order for $750. And so I did due diligence to find out, you know, if anybody had dropped it and, you know, kind of asked around. It wasn't even the one from their, from their store, and it hadn't been signed, so, I mean, it was completely clear. We were able to use that to, you know, pay our bills and get ahead. And then 
whenever I was sick, you know, it's like we had miracle after miracle as far as finances go. You know, just $100 here or $1,000. I mean, it wasn't $100. It was $1,000 here or $5,000 there, you know. So it was it was amazing. We've, we've seen some uh, some beautiful financial miracles in our lives. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Anybody else? These are great testimonies, huh? Okay, one of the dumbest things you can do is run out of gas, right? Well, one year we were on a vacation, and Ashley, I think, had just graduated from high school, and we were going to Colorado for a week of to see family. And we typically would go up um, either through Denver up to northeastern Colorado, but this year we went to Grand Junction to see Dan's brother and his family. And going to Grand Junction, you have to go almost through the whole part of New Mexico to get there. And we had gone to Four Corners and done all the vacation stuff. Well, we were on a road we'd never been on, and it was late at night, and we kept thinking, you know, just in this next mountain town there'll be a gas station. And in the next mountain town, there'll be a gas station. And there, there might have been a station, but it was closed. And we were driving this big brown Suburban. And I don't, Dan probably knows the figures, but, I mean, we should have run out of gas like 200 miles before we got to Grand Junction. And so we just put worship music on, and Dan just told the kids, okay, we're going to worship. Let's pray. We just need provision. We need to get there safely. It's a skinny little winding mountain road down to go into Grand Junction. And, um, you know, we just really prayed prayed our way in. And the Lord just provided us, and and we stopped at the first station um, we could stop at and filled up our tank. But we literally went in on worship because <laughs> and it was scary because it was really dark and windy road and all that and but it was neat that all four of us we just worshiped and we just really expected the lord to come through and he did so that was awesome Amen. i almost forgot about that one i've heard that story that's cool miss dorothy you got one i'm sure you got one Take a, take a couple of them. It isn't hard for me to believe that Jesus could feed the 5,000. As a UFW member, well, that's United Foursquare Women's Organization, I was the president of it at that time. We was going to have a meeting here in the church, and you're supposed to call ahead and say, I'm coming in and having eaten lunch with you. Well, there was the number called in, and we prepared according to the number. was full <laughs> what do you do when there's no time to prepare more it's just to divide up what you have and everybody was fed I think God likes to do that have you noticed that that whole multiplication thing whether that's gas or food, or money, there's a multiplication. Okay, I keep praying for the lottery tickets I'll find, right? No. <laughs> I don't even know how to use a lottery ticket. If I found it, I wouldn't even know if it was what, what I would do with it. Uh, God's, into, God's into miracles. 
And so sometimes it's a matter of keeping our eyes open, but it's also, you know, you only need a miracle when you need a miracle. <laughs> and so when you're in need, let's let's be believing God. Anybody else? One more? You want to go ahead, Josh. It was about uh six years ago. I I was without work for like four months and Christmas was coming up really quick. I didn't know how I was going to do it, and uh, that year we decided that uh, we weren't going to do the Santa Claus thing, and we are going to start showing the kids what Christmas was really about. So uh, that year we wound up with like 200 presents under the tree, and that was only by the grace of God. I mean, I I had maybe 20 bucks to my name. That was it. It was awesome. Amen. Amen. So we're gonna see some let's see some more miracles. Amen. We can't we can't make it happen. We can't be the ones, but we can have our eyes open. We can have our eyes on Jesus. I think the walking on water is a great example of just we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. When I, when my eyes are on Jesus, then I can walk on water. And that and that gives us another encouragement is some of us, we have to be willing to step out of the boat. Have to be willing to step out of the boat. Only Peter and Jesus, well, and I've heard of another guy that was in Foursquare, and I don't remember what country it was, that he walked on water too. So I've only heard of three people walking on water. There's probably been more. There's probably been more. But it's going to be, you know, not for fun, not for not to show off. Uh, God doesn't do miracles to show off. God does miracles to meet a need and to confirm his word. And so um, let's have our eyes open. Hey, can we can we stand up? We're just going to say we're all candidates for this, okay? <laughs> I've been asking this every week. Hey, if you want more of this, raise your hand. Today we're just going to all raise our hands and say, Lord, we're candidates for this. So, Lord, we, do, we just lift up our hands to you, and we thank you. Lord, we want to we wanna traffic in the miraculous. Lord, we want to see miraculous things happen. But most of all, we want to follow you. And so give us eyes to see what you're doing and ears to hear what you're doing, that we might be at the right place at the right time, that we might be sensitive to your spirit. Lord, and we know that we'll see the miracles. Lord, I, we, just, we just declare a release of the gifting, the affecting of miracles and miraculous powers to every single person in this building today, Lord, and to everyone in our church family who's not here today, Lord, we ask for them as well, Lord, we ask for them to be active in our life, that, that we would see things that we never thought we would see. God, and help us be amazed. Lord, we don't want to be amazed and, and, and be all caught up in the miracle. Lord, we want to be caught up in you. We want to be caught up and say, Lord, it's because of you. That It brings us closer to you. It draws us closer to you. It helps us trust you more. Lord, it, it gives us eyes to see. It gives us gives us boldness and faith so we can step out the next time, God. And I pray for any of us, Lord, for all of us, Lord, really, that, Lord, there's times where we're scared to get out of the boat, where we're scared to to respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, God. We ask for, for that fear to be gone. You've not given us a spirit of fear, but you've given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Let us step out. Let us take a risk, God. Let us be bold and take risks that we might see what you want to do in each and every situation, Lord. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, for a fresh filling in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right.
look for miracles and help hand out food. If you want to hand out some food and see what happens, uh, we're going to go across the street here in just a minute and hand out to those who are in need over that building.